0: uh, I know that we just stopped, we just ended a series, the Writing 101 series, but I was thinking, hmm, what else have we not covered on this podcast so far? And I came up with an idea for a new series that I know you're going to love, and the series is called Relationships and Writing, and we're going to break it down into five different groups, romance, friendship, family, workplace proximity associates, to quote Ron Swanson, and friends to lovers, which is a whole different thing and technically is a trope. But, you know, why not? It's fun. It's fun to write. It's fun to read. So let's talk about it. Okay, but today we're talking about romantic relationships. And the reason why I thought of this series in the first place, because I was thinking about my romantic relationship with my husband, Travis, And all of the crazy stuff that we've been through together and how that's uh, made us grow closer together as a couple. And also, next month, we're coming up on our 15-year wedding anniversary, which I consider to be a uh, moment of triumph in that I really don't know that many people uh, that got married around the same time that we did who are still married and uh, of those people, I don't know so many people who are actually happy inside of their marriage uh, or their, those relationships if they weren't married. And so I thought, OK, well, technically, I'm kind of an expert on real life romance and uh, going through the gamut of all the different difficult and amazing moments you can go through with your partner so why don't I talk about relationships and romance and I was like wait a minute I can talk about lots of different kinds of relationships in writing because uh this is something that obviously I'm a human person I have romance I have a romantic relationship just one uh I have friendships I have family relationships I have work proximity associates uh i I really only have one of those right now, which is Maria, but um in general, you know I've worked at lots of different places and uh, made friends or not friends <laughs> with different uh coworkers, and that's really fun to um, mess around with in writing and then I thought okay, for to cap it all off, let's just do a fun one, friends to lovers uh Or, you know, we could do enemies to lovers, which is also extremely fun. But okay, no, we're gonna cut it at friends to lovers because there's a lot more I want to accomplish with you this year before my uh, podcast challenge is up in November, where I will have finished 70 episodes. I cannot believe that. (laughs) Like, it just blows my mind. Right now, we are on episode 48, and that's crazy to me, and actually, I feel a lot more confident doing this, Uh, so after the 70 episodes, I'm going to start interviewing people on the podcast and hopefully going to be the guest on several different shows talking about these sorts of things, talking about expensive words. Uh, but romance is a perfect topic to discuss when we're talking about how to use expensive words because romance is such a universal thing. And also, I know that uh, <laughs> having your heart broken is pretty universal uh, in a romantic relationship. So that's something that you can write about that will automatically give you a relatable quality uh, with your reader, and something where they're like, oh, the author understands this. And we're gonna talk about how to include all those nuances in that uh, and so forth as we're going through this episode. But the first thing I want to bring up is the question is your romance that you're writing realistic? And I don't mean you're writing a romance novel, okay? There is an entire genre dedicated to this subject, but I You see romance in every single genre, whether it's uh, actual history. We see real-life romances, right? Uh, Or it's science fiction, and there's romance in there. Or contemporary fiction. Uh, The theme of romantic relationships exists in every kind of story, almost every kind of story. And so uh, it's something that we should think about. And even if you have the main characters that are not involved romantically, which we're going to talk about in the next episode, uh, writing friendships and how that also is valuable and unfortunately undervalued in the writing community. Uh, Not friendship itself, but writing about friendship. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. But so today, um, you know, we're going to be examining this very universal theme. I'm really excited. And uh, I, I want you to think about whether or not the romance you're including in your story, whatever genre you're writing, is realistic. And there are se- there are different types of romantic relationships because every single person is different. And that means that the way they love is different. And so you have to figure that out. Uh, maybe I could make that as a supplement to the character worksheet is like their romance <laughs> index or, you know, a question about what they're like as a person and how that would look inside of a relationship, a romantic relationship. So you have to listen, okay? The thing about people and people are the ones in romances is that people are imperfect. That means they make mistakes. That means they can learn and grow or that they can refuse to learn and become more and more stubborn and more and more of a jerk as they get older. And that's That's real. That's what happens in real life. So we need to represent that accurately when we're writing. And so you have to think about how your main character relates to their love interest, whether or not it's healthy, how it's healthy slash unhealthy. And you have to think about the characteristics of each character and how that would manifest itself inside of a relationship. And so, for example, I'll just use my real life because why not? Uh, I'm using my expensive words for you right now. Uh, In my relationship with Travis, my hubby, uh, he is very outgoing, like extremely outgoing. Uh, If you meet him, you will feel like you're his best friend within five minutes. And you might not know all the things you would know about a best friend, about him in five minutes, but he will have made you feel important, uh, worthy of attention, And he will have gotten basically to the essence of your soul that quickly because that's how he is. He, his, (laughs) I always tell him his superpower is that he can make uh, friends with anyone, even someone he completely disagrees with, which I love about him. And I try, (laughs) I'm trying to be more like that because I think it's something worthy of aspiring to, but I'm not. I'm not automatically that way. Like, he's been handling all this uh, political stuff like a champ. He's not discounted anyone's opinion. I don't feel that he has. Uh, he's very open to discussing his opinion and uh, why you might disagree with that in a non-defensive way, which is, like, mind-blowing. Um, so he's he's a lot of good things. He's also extremely cranky when he hasn't gotten enough sleep or when he has a headache. Uh, He can be short with me sometimes and the kids. He has all of these really great qualities. And then he has like a few little things that drive me crazy. But that's real. That's how life is. And I'm extremely introverted. So our relationship is interesting because he'll be like, I just met this person. We're going to go hang out with him. Like this is, okay, pre-COVID because now we're not really hanging out with anyone, unfortunately. Um, But He would be like, yes, let's go do this. And I'm like, okay, I have to go to a stranger's house or I have to meet a stranger in a place I've never been before. I need five days to process that so that when I get there, I don't have a huge panic attack. (laughs) And I'm not exaggerating. I wish I were over-exaggerating, but maybe one of the lovable things about me that he likes, hopefully, is that, uh, you know, I, I push myself to do uncomfortable things, even though I know I might have a panic attack. And so, uh, you know, we're just opposite in that way. And we're like, I need time to really process and think about things if I want to understand something new or if I'm trying to uh, learn and form opinions about things I don't know already. I'm just, yeah, I'm really introspective about it. Whereas he has to talk through literally uh, everything And so I need to be there for him because I'm his support person and I need to listen and be able to actively engage as he's processing information, which is, uh, sometimes a little bit difficult for me because I just want to shut myself inside of my introvert shell and process things quietly and, um, I am pretty sure that all three of my kids are like him. So I get the (laughs) verbal processing from all four of them constantly. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to go sit in my thinking chair and read a book. And they'll be like, okay, we're just going to leave her alone for an hour. She needs to recharge. Um, But so these are all little nuances that you could include. I'm not saying use us as a basis for your characters, uh I'm just saying think about these types of things because human beings are very complicated and when you smash two human beings together in a relationship those complications are exponential because every complication for one person affects the other person and you have to think about those dynamics when you're writing a you know a love interest So yeah when I write a uh, romance First of all, I am a big fan of romance. I'll just tell you that straight out. I'm not one who's like, oh, there's no, you know, there's, (laughs) I like love triangles. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But I'm not always like, oh, why do they always have to bring a love triangle into it? Sometimes I'm like, this really didn't need a love triangle. So that's that's annoying. But I'm never like, I don't hate love triangles for the sake of hating them. Uh, I actually enjoy them when they're well-written and I'm always down to read or see one and uh, enjoy it and talk about it because things are not simple in real life. And I think that that's the origin of the love triangle. Like, Hey, real life is not uh, as simple as you think. It's not just always you fall in love with one person. They fall in love with you back and you're besties and lovers forever. No, it's not. (laughs) That's not how it usually works. And also, uh, if we're being honest right we'll we'll acknowledge the fact that romance uh, storylines are often used to draw in readers and give them that emotional stimulation up and down uh which can be addictive And that's why people get drawn into things like soap operas, which I don't like because I find them emotionally manipulative. I don't want to be emotionally manipulated. And also I like it when stories have an ending and uh, soap operas don't have an ending. But uh, on the other hand, there are soap opera-esque things that I really love. Uh, Like I love Jane the Virgin, which is about a writer. So of course, I love it. But you know, there's a classic love triangle in that. And it's very interesting. And it has those dramatic telenovela moments. I actually if I would, I I like the idea of a telenovela better than a soap opera. uh, But I still probably wouldn't get into it for the same reason. So That is one of the reasons why writers include romantic relationships, because they know it will draw readers in and it will keep them reading to find out who ends up with whom. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I don't want that to be all the bones of the story. I want the character to be interesting on their own without the love interest, because if not, I'm not down for that ride. Uh, I like complicated characters. As you know, if you know anything about me by now, and hopefully you do since it's the 48th episode, and I I don't want all of the plot things to revolve around a romantic relationship. I kind of like it when uh, the romantic relationship is, like, in addition to, and that's one of the things that I really liked about the North American Field Guide to Teenage Boys. I think that's the name of it. Uh, Because the main character, Norris, is trying to figure out who he is. It's a coming-of-age story, but a man wrote it, and it's from a teenage boy's perspective, which I thought was very refreshing. And he is trying to figure out who he is now that he's, like, separate from his dad and out of his country, Canada, and he's moved to Texas. And there's a love interest story there. And that to me, that was secondary. And I loved it. And there was a friendship story. And that was also secondary. And I liked those things. They added to the main story. The main story was not dependent upon those things. And as you travel through your writing journey, you're going to realize that, hey, I can finesse the crap out of all this stuff. <laughs> and I can make the main character story compelling without having to add a romance. And the romance can be... The bonus, and that's that means that you're writing complicated, uh, complex characters, and that's good. But uh, you know, we're thinking about romance in a relationship, and there are just uh, there are a lot of things that you have to navigate when you're thinking about writing romance. And so, realism is just the first thing. The next thing we're going to talk about is inclusivity. And this is a question that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but I'm just going to like smash into it because that's who I am. And uh, listen, I am a proponent for inclusivity, but you have to realize that some genres are more accepting of inclusivity than others. For example, uh, and let me just back up a little bit. What do I mean by inclusivity? I mean that you're in, you're including more than just one type of romantic relationship And specifically, I mean, you're thinking outside of the male-female monogamous relationship. And while I believe that is an amazing foundation uh, for society, I obviously choose to have that type of relationship. I'm married to a man and I'm a woman. Uh, I am seeing more and more variety and inclusivity as far as types of relationships in, uh, in literature, in writing. And especially in one of my favorite genres, which is YA. And so I expect to see that there. I I expect for there to be, uh, you know, at least one gay character in every book. Because I know, <laughs> I don't know anyone who doesn't know at least one gay person. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we're going to shoot for realism, we should shoot for variety too. And also, as you know, I've talked about this uh, when I did the review for Um, Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn, which is about an asexual biromantic character, we need to include other groups as well, like asexual, people who identify as asexual. And so uh, in the YA and NA genres, which are young adult and new adult, and new adult is more mature. So I don't really read new adult because I don't – I'm not interested in reading uh, certain types of graphic scenes for personal reasons. Um, But – So you're allowed to like whatever genre you like. But if you're writing in YA and NA, you have to understand that the readers are going to expect more inclusivity. And if you're writing something like Christian fiction, you have to understand that if you write more inclusive relationships, that your reading base is going to be mad and they're going to write nasty reviews on your book. I am sorry to say that's just the way that it is. And if you don't know your reader, you can't know what their expectations are. So before you get into this romance uh, situation where you're writing this specific romance, you need to think about your target audience. And then you can decide. I'm not saying you shouldn't write any gay characters in a Christian fiction book. Uh, There's a series by Shatona Havig, who is one of my absolute favorite Christian fiction writers. And maybe someday I'll be able to get her on the show. That would be amazing. Um, But she has uh, a series called, um, oh, the main character, I feel like it's Passed Forward. I didn't plan on talking about this, but I thought, it's such a good example. Let me look it up really quick. Oh, it's not, I typed it all wrong. Shatona is a very interesting uh, name, and so... She has her website, Shatona.com, and I'm like, oh, so jealous because if I did Kristen.com, it would not work out. It wouldn't work out. (laughs) There are too many Christens in the world. In fact, there's even a Kristen Spencer who's a famous photographer. So, Uh, But anyways, okay, the series is called Pass Forward by Shatona Havig, and in that series, she introduces a, a character who is identified as a homosexual male. And uh, she deals with everything in a really, I wanna say avant-garde way for Christian fiction. And yeah, I just love it. I love that whole series actually. That's probably why I got so far into soap making because I remember reading about Willow making soap out of goat's milk. Um, But so she decided, hey, I'm gonna include this character even though my target readers might not uh, embrace him the way I'm embracing him. It's a choice that I'm making and I'm glad she made that choice And, I mean, if you read the whole series, you can see how that progresses over time. But uh, you need the information before you make that decision. And I am definitely pro-inclusivity, as I said. But I just want you to know what you're signing up for before you get into these uh, wars with fans who then become enemies. And it's a whole horrible thing. And uh, I could do a whole episode about this, obviously and i've seen other artists go through this uh i've been through some issues like this myself and cuz so i wrote about an openly gay teenage character in one of my middle school series my my uh i was just like here here's this um but uh, that was a choice I made, and I know that a lot of readers were furious about it, and a lot of them understood why I wanted to do it. And uh, some people were like, you're full of crap. This has never happened where a church would be so upset about someone um, experiencing same-sex attraction. And I was like, well, I'm glad you feel that way, and the church that you go to isn't that way. But I definitely have had a lot of letters also that people are like, yes, this is infuriating. Why do we have to go through this? And... <laughs> So it's just one of those things where I was like, I'm making a choice to do this. And I knew that I was going to get some backlash for it. I mean, the character wasn't openly gay. He didn't come out. Someone outed him, which was rude. The way they did it was not okay. But... uh, So it's just this choice that you're making. And once you understand how complicated it is, you can make an informed choice. And that's always my goal in these episodes is to help you make an informed choice so that you can use your expensive words in a way that you're not going to be surprisingly sandblasted by people not liking your choices. And so you can make a choice like uh, Havig did or like I did. We're like, well, we're going to write about this anyway, even though we know that the audience, the target audience is uncomfortable with this issue because we feel like it's important. And uh, some people loved it. Some people hated it. And it's one of those polarizing types of choices that you are more than free to make. And I'm not judging you either way, but you should know if you're writing in like YA or NA, Uh, or science fiction, space fantasy, all of those are trending more toward inclusivity. And you need to think about that. That's something that you shouldn't just avoid altogether because uh, it's not going to make your writing any better. Remember, real life is complicated. Okay, so now I want to answer this question, which is a rough one, and I'm going to navigate my way through it as best as possible. Can I write about love if I've never been in love? Uh, The answer is yes and no. (laughs) That's my answer a lot. I'm sorry. Um, But listen, if you've never been in love, you're not going to get it right. You can interview people uh, and try to get it closer to being right, but you're probably not going to get it right. And that's okay. You do just do your best and actually have someone who has been in love uh, go through your book and be like, maybe this isn't super realistic. Just like remember when I said if you want to write realistic children, have a mom or a dad read your manuscript so that they can tell you whether or not it's realistic. And I was talking with one of my clients yesterday. and I'm like, I don't think that this character's behavior reflects their age. And she's like, well, I have this person who is like this. And I said, okay, I know someone like that too, but I also know someone like this. And so maybe you can find a happy place. And she was like, okay, I'll think about it. And that that's my job, right? It's just to bring up things and then let the clients decide. Um, But so you need to do the same sort of thing. If you haven't been in a long-term relationship and you want to write about one, you need to really do your homework and interview someone's, like plural, you need to interview more than one person and then have someone read it. Uh, But, you know, I would say that even if you haven't been in love, that doesn't mean that you don't have very valuable stories to share. So maybe you should write a different story first and wait until you've gone through something as complicated as a romantic relationship before focusing a whole plot around that. Uh, and, you know, of course, you can read romance novels and kind of copy the the tropes and the themes and make quite a lot of money right now. That's That's a very real thing. The romance industry is booming, especially for indie authors. So I'm not saying don't do it, but if you're going to write a love story and you haven't had that much experience with romantic love, I would interview all your friends who have and uh, get them to agree to be beta readers. Okay, so now that we talked about that really difficult question, and I kind of answered it, I want to uh, say a list of things that I'd love to see in books, because uh, my opinion is the most important thing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Obviously, uh, I am a book services professional and books are a huge part of my life. So I I have things I'd want to see and things I wish would trend and some things that are trending and I'm so excited about it. Um, I just clapped to myself. That was real. And uh, so what I'd love to see is more portrayals of healthy romantic relationships because I just don't see those types of relationships uh, portrayed enough in literature and in film. And I know that maybe we feel sad and jaded, like those relationships don't really exist. Uh, they're not realistic. But the truth is they do exist. And I have one of those uh, r- really healthy romantic relationships. It was hard to get to that point, And we had to get rid of a lot of unhealthy habits. Uh, and we had to go through some really Awful things together, but now it's worth it, and all that hard work has created a healthy system of communication where we're able to literally talk about anything and work out anything. And I'd love to see the portrayal of that in literature uh, from people who are able to realize what that looks like and implement that in their own lives. You know, writers. I know that I'm not the only one who could write it that way. I'd also like to see uh characters who realize they're okay without a love interest. I know I told you that romance is a really great way to draw in the reader and keep them engaged, and you can use emotional manipulation to keep them engaged forever for some readers, Um, which you should never try to manipulate people, especially readers, (laughs) but uh, I would love to see more characters who don't need any kind of love interest, Uh, and of course, some people would be like, asexual characters. Yeah, that (laughs) I... I am very interested in reading about asexual characters, but I'm also interested in reading about characters who are alone and understand that that doesn't make them any less worthy of love. That would be, if you know any books like that, please tell me. I'll read all of them. Uh, just because, you know, I, I love my husband. I, I've talked about him a ton already in this episode. But if he stopped loving me all of a sudden, that would suck it would feel awful and it would be very complicated because we have 3 kids but i would not think that that meant that i was a worthless person and if i didn't meet anyone after he left me i would i would be okay with that i would be okay alone i mean i'm not alone i have two dogs and three kids And I have Travis, so you're like, well, how do you know what it's like to be alone? Well, I know what it was like before I had Travis, and I know that I was learning to be happy alone then, and I think that I've learned so much over the years that I would be okay with it, and I'd like to see more characters who represent that, and I have a friend whose husband tragically died um, in a swimming accident, and, you know, she's raising two boys alone, and she's confident, she's happy alone like she's sad about her husband but you know she didn't try to dive right into another romantic relationship she still thinks about her husband she still misses him you know it's been several years but she's i think she's happier alone than she would be trying to force herself into another relationship when she's not ready and that's complicated and characters like that are rich and wonderful and I'd love to read about more characters like that okay also I would like to see Characters who don't fall apart after a breakup but think, okay, well, that wasn't right and that's okay because that that can be reality. And, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but there are moments in life where you love someone and they don't love you back. And it's so painful. But now that I'm looking back on all those moments as I'm approaching my 40s, which is both uh, exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. I'm thinking okay, I didn't have to like freak out that much. And I think it's reasonable that younger characters would, but now I I don't think I would because if someone was like I don't love you, uh and this can apply to family relationships and friendships as well, that doesn't mean that you you're there's something intrinsically wrong with you or that you need to change who you are. It just means that they don't they don't love you and you don't need that to keep going. And that's something we'll talk more about that uh When we're talking about friendship and family relationships. And I also wanted to talk about love triangles in this episode, but it looks like I've talked my way out of (laughs) out of time, uh, because this is a really great topic. Uh, So what I'm going to do is I'll probably add the love triangle section. I'm pulling off the post note right now. And I'm moving that over to friends to lovers because I can include all of these uh, love triangle incidences that I have here happen to be under friends to lovers. So I'll just cover that in that episode. So you're going to have to wait uh, until the end of this series to hear about love triangles. But I know you're patient and I know you can do it. So yeah. Romance in literature is great, but just make sure uh, that you think about how imperfect people are when you're planning it out. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.